Sounds like you're fiddling again. Oh, wow, that's been a long time. I heard that one. Yeah. I heard that the other day, actually. Don't it, Holly? All right, it's good to be in the Lord's house tonight. Let's uh, turn in our red back hymnals to 151. 151. Stand all over the church tonight. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. him praise him jesus our blessed redeemer sing all earth his wonderful love proclaim hail him hail him highest archangels in glory strength and honor give to his holy name like a shepherd jesus will guard his children in his arms he carries them all day long praise him praise him tell of his excellent greatness praise him praise him ever in joyful song praise him praise him jesus our blessed redeemer for our sins he suffered and bled and died he our rock our hope of eternal salvation hail him hail him jesus the crucified sound his praises jesus who bore our sorrows love unbound and wonderful deep and strong Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, 
ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals loud with Hosanna ring. Jesus Savior reigneth forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Grand glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's why we're here, to honor, glorify, and magnify His name. He sure is worthy. Uh, all right, 133, page 133, I feel like traveling on. Amen. Uh, heaven's getting sweeter all the time, and I don't be, believe it's going to be long till we see the Lord face to face. Do you? Amen. What a day that will be. All right, go ahead. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Nor pain nor death can enter there. I feel like traveling on. Sing now. Yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling. On. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. On the second, it's glittering towers. The sun outshines. I feel like traveling on. That heavenly mansion shall be mine. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on the third verse, let others seek a home below. I feel like traveling on which flames devour or waves overflow. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel traveling on my heavenly home is bright and fair I amen I like this last verse amen my Lord has been so good to me I feel like traveling on until his blessed faith I see, I feel like, amen, praise the Lord tonight, he's worthy, yes, I feel like traveling on, I feel like traveling 
afford. Heavenly home is bright and fair. I sing that chorus one more time. Hey man, he's worthy. I'll feel like traveling. On I feel like traveling on by heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Turn around, fellowship one with another. Praise the Lord. I like that last verse. My good, my, the Lord has been so good to me. I feel like traveling on until his blessed home I see. I feel like, tra amen. Praise God. The Lord's been good, hadn't he, church? Amen. God's good all the time, and all the time God is good. Amen. I don't care what you've been facing, what you've been going through this week. The Lord's been good to you. Amen. A lot better to me than what I deserve, that's for sure. Amen. I heard somebody the other day tell me, he said, well, I'm mad at God. I just, you know, that's, that's a tragedy, isn't it? You know, and, and, and I understand. I mean, there's just so many things that happen in life, you know, that we question, Lord, why would you let this happen and why didn't you do things this way? But you know, to, to develop an anger or a resentment towards the Lord, you know, that's really getting things out of perspective. Uh, because I tell you, if you look at things accurately, and as they really are, uh, amen, on your worst day, you're still blessed. And we have every reason to praise Him and thank Him for what He's done for us. Amen? And my life's in His hands, and He does all things well, even when... I don't necessarily like what he does or how he does it. Amen. It could be that he's protected me for something that I don't even realize about. See, what God does is always according to what God knows. And he knows all things. He knows the end from the beginning. So we need to trust him. Uh, amen. That all things work together for our good. Well, I do appreciate your presence uh, as we move right on through the month of May. And uh, what a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful evening. And, uh, amen, a whole lot nicer today than it was this time yesterday as we had the storms that, that came through. And I love to chase storms, and I get excited when the storms came. And, uh, amen, Holly and the girls wanted to hit me on the head and tell me to calm down. But, uh, amen, uh, it has been a beautiful evening today. And uh, thank God for that as we're 
uh, winding down our youth ministry, our United for Christ ministry. It'll go through the remainder of this month, and then we'll take a break, and our teachers will say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But it has been a wonderful uh, year uh, of youth ministry, and the kids are already asking about Bible school. And uh, amen. Just thankful for what God's doing. Again, we did have one saved uh, last Sunday or Wednesday night, and what a blessing that is. And if, if, if that's all we see saved, it's worth it all just to see one child come to know Jesus. And uh, praise the Lord for that. I do want to remind you by way of announcements that we've got our Father's Day breakfast coming up. It'll be held Saturday, June the 17th, 10 o'clock a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Our ladies will be cooking our favorite breakfast food. So praise the Lord uh, for that. I do want to just uh, say, uh, deacons and trustees, we, if at all possible, we need to have a uh, meeting this upcoming Sunday afternoon, so put that on your, your agenda, and let's see if we can't uh, have a meeting, and we need to have a business meeting, uh, amen, just to make sure that we keep our people abreast with the uh, going-ons and, and happenings here at the church, so uh, do remember that, we'll do our best to have a, business, or a, a deacon and trustee meeting this upcoming Sunday afternoon, and possibly then a business meeting uh, the following Wednesday night, so we'll share more about that. Just by way of prayer request, okay, and then too, I believe the uh, prayer gathering is this Sunday at the courthouse, 11 o'clock a.m., so do remember that. Let's come out and pray for our country. What did I say? Okay, well, I mean, we could gather there Sunday, but thank you, sorry. Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m., uh, I'm sorry, uh, just sometimes my mouth speaks I know y'all don't believe that, but sometimes my mouth speaks quicker than my brain. Do y'all believe that? Okay, all right. Sarah said yes. Amen. Most of us men are guilty of that, aren't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Uh, just by way of prayer request this evening, let's do uh, pray for Miss Ellen. I was over there this afternoon. She did have to go back to the emergency room. Um, and probably what's uh, happened is... Um, the anesthesia they gave her is what they called a block. Some of you are familiar with that, and which actually prolongs um, the numbing effect. So, um, you know, they asked her yesterday if she, was she wanted to go home, and she's like, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm ready to go home. Well, about the time she got home, that's when the medicine began to wear off, and she had just a really, really tough night last night, and um, so they took her back to the emergency room, and um, amen. She's probably going to be in the emergency room unless something changes all night long. And uh, then she's going to be there uh, at Laughlin for a couple of days, and they're probably going to send her to Quillen Rehab uh, just to help with that uh, recovery. I'll tell you, uh, and you know this, if you spend any time in the emergency room, it's a travesty. Uh, not, and not just Laughlin, it's not just our ERs, but it's everywhere. Just the... Um, you know, and, and I don't want to blame the doctors or the nurses. I don't think it's their fault either. But just, it really is almost inhumane. Uh, they just line them up there in the hallways. And I just don't think that's, uh, I think that our, our, I think people deserve, deserve better treatment than that. But um, welcome to uh, uh, progressive America. Can I get a witness tonight? <laughs> so. All right, remember Miss Ellen in prayer. Uh, continue to um, pray for uh, Bob Price. Uh, I did text 
uh, Pat earlier, and there is no change there, I, I don't think. I know they hospice came in yesterday. Bob is at home now, and uh, they are uh, giving him comfort care, so we need to remember uh, that entire family. Pray for Pat as much as we, we, we need to pray for Bob, as it's certainly been a, uh, a hard ordeal for her. Continue to remember uh, the Avery Young family. Pray for Luke Buchanan family, the Tabby Coffee family. Uh, pray for Mike and Grace. We sure do miss them as they're away from us. Pray for Matt Cutchall, uh, Reconciliation Ministries. Uh, continue to remember um, Michael Knight. Remember him in prayer. Uh, pray for Otis Melton. Remember uh, the Harold Foshi family. Um, continue to remember the Gene Shelton family. Uh, pray for my brother-in-law, Chris McCoy. Pray for... Uh, the uh, Danielle Owens family, I was able to speak with some of that family in the last few days, and we need to continue to remember them in prayer. And uh, we could just go on and on and on, uh, people that need prayer, but I'll give you an opportunity to uh, add any requests that you may have to the list uh, at this time. Let me, let me share this real quick, a uh, couple of requests we had from Sunday. Uh, pray for Don Davis. This is Cheryl's brother. Pray for Karen. Pray for uh, uh, Cindy Knight. Pray for Nick that has COVID. Pray for Sherry Morlock. Pray for Carrie Rice, Jessica Musio, uh, Marie Cox, and Amber Paisley. Uh, remember these requests. These were some from Sunday morning. Anything that you want to add, you can do so at this time. Yes. Okay. So that's that's Amber's son or daughter Paisley. Correct. I'm I'm sorry about that. Uh, yes. Robert is um, is doing better. He is out of the hospital. He was at um, when I went to visit Bob in Johnson City on Saturday night. Uh, Robert was there. He was in a wheelchair, and then he had to go Monday, I believe it was, to Laughlin. And um, he had his staples removed from his knee surgery. So he's improving. He's making progress. But we sh sure do need to continue to remember Robert Price in prayer. Thank you, uh, Miss Joanne. I appreciate that. Somebody else tonight? Yeah. Okay. Gosh. Yeah, I remember this child. That's. I'll tell you, any time you have a, an issue like that with a child, it's just beyond heartbreaking. So just pray that the Lord will intervene there. Other prayer requests tonight. Amen. We need to pray for men of God. Pray for uh, preachers and pastors uh, all over. Pray for missionaries. Um, amen. Tough days for sure, but again, there's things that we can control and things we can't, but what we can control is our faithfulness, and we just got to be faithful. Amen? That's right. Amen. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. Uh, my brother-in-law, Chris McCoy, has finished his uh, cancer treatments. Um, so um, to God be the glory. And just pray now that uh, as it, for his recovery that uh, there won't be any more issues moving forward. So continue to remember mom and uh, uh, her recovering from uh, her broken elbow. And then dad also, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? He's all right. Pray for him. He needs prayer. Anyone else this evening? Remember Zach in prayer. Uh, pray for the ark, uh, the ark thrift store, as we uh, have got a situation we're currently dealing with, an opportunity that the Lord's made available to us, and we just want to pray uh, that if it be his will, that he'd uh, open it and help us to walk through it. If not, that he'd shut it right in our face. Amen. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm glad God's still, God's still working. He's still blessing. And what he starts, he finishes. Right? Yes, sir. Any other prayer needs tonight? Yes. Amen. Amen. Remember our church in prayer. Appreciate what God's done. Appreciate what He is con continuing to do. But, um, amen, some of God's blessings is dependent upon us. And uh, the devil's never happy with, uh, I believe every local church is certainly a, a high priority on the devil's uh, hit list. Uh and uh, I'm afraid that in our day, the devil's busier trying to, to, uh, to tear down churches than God's people are uh, willing to build them. And, and churches don't just sustain themselves. It takes the people of God working together to continue to, um, to uh, manage what God has blessed us with. And if we don't be careful, we'll uh, become... Uh, you know, we'll become careless. And, uh, amen. I, I don't want to let, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, become lax on the job that others, I'm not the one that established this church. I'm not the one that put in the effort and the, the work and the toil and the, you know, the sweat to, to get our church to, to where it is. And it's been entrusted to us. And I don't want to be the one that's responsible for, uh, for, um, for uh, letting down those who uh, give it to us. Amen? Appreciate that, Sarah. That's good. Any others tonight? Unspoken requests by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to remember in prayer. Continue to pray for Israel. Pray for the, the war in Russia. Uh, things are still very, very volatile over there. Uh, pray for uh, things right here in America, just politically, and all of the unrest and the division. Amen. We just need to get back to God. That's the great. That's the remedy for America's problems. You know, and 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 we got people in our country that want to continue to push God further and farther away, and uh, make Him less and less. Um, of a part of our country. 
Well, that's why we're in the shape that we're in is because we put him in the back seat. And we're in the process of kicking him out of the car altogether. And uh, that's not going to... That's not going to work well for us. Uh, with, with God, we can, we, can, we can be successful. Without the Lord, there's no hope for us. Amen. We'll gather around the altar. We'll bring these requests for the Lord. If, you, if you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Anthony Knight, you lead us in prayer, brother. take up our building fund offering at this time uh, if I could have a couple ushers come forward amen
Scott, you lead us in prayer. Amen. I like what she is playing. I'm going to sing a little of it. That's all right with you. <laughs> Once my soul was astray from the heavenly way and was wretched and vile as could be but then my savior in love gave me peace from above when he reached down his hand for me do you remember that day when the Savior reached down for me, he had to reach way down for me. I was lost and undone without God. When he reached down his hand for me, I was nearing despair when he came to me there, and he showed me that I could be free then he lifted my feet gave me peace complete when he reached way down for me when my Savior reached down for me. Thank God for that. He had to reach way down for me. I was lost and undone without God his son when he reached down his hand for me how my heart does rejoice when I hear his sweet voice in the tempest to him I then flee, then to lead all 
his arms safe, secure from all harm since he reached down his hand for me. Sing it with me tonight, church. Thank God for Jesus. When my Savior reached down for me, he had to reach way down for me. Without God or His Son, when He reached down His hand for me. All God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. You can turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Jeremiah chapter number 32 jeremiah chapter 32 i hope we can finish up this chapter tonight scott if you don't mind go push play on the cd recorder and then turn the pulpit mic down amen jeremiah chapter number 32 now i really have enjoyed this this chapter as um, now turn the black mic up a little bit too, if you don't mind. You know, some of the most unfamiliar chapters in the Word of God contain some of the greatest blessings. That's right. Thank you. Um, amen. And uh, boy, that's the one thing about studying verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. That is my favorite. Uh, style of preaching, teaching, and Bible study. I just, it forces you to, um, you know, sometimes we skip over the tough stuff and the harder chapters. And, the, you know, it takes work to study the Bible. You know, that's one of the greatest reasons why a lot of people don't study the Word of God is they're just plumb too lazy. Uh, amen. Uh, but, boy, if you're going to get anything out of the Word of God, you're going to have to put something into it. Amen. And uh, so um, I love God's Word, and this chapter has been, uh, you know, a blessing to me as we consider whether or not uh, serving the Lord and, and uh, working for Jesus, living for God, whether or not it is a worthwhile investment. And certainly, um, you know, if you look at it on the front end, you don't always get out of it what you think you're going to get out of it. And sometimes you say, well, you know, I don't know if it's worth the effort because I don't, uh, I don't receive an immediate reward or an instantaneous return on the investment that I make. But we've said that uh, an investment requires not only a risk, but it requires faith, believing that somewhere down the, the, the road there will be a, re a reward. Amen? And that we'll look at it and say, boy... It, it was worth all the, the work, and it was worth the sacrifice uh, and the effort that we put into it. You know, I, I really believe that's one of the greatest reasons why, uh, just again trying to mind the Lord tonight, why so many people are quitting and throwing in the towel and giving up. 
Because the devil gets on their shoulder and says, you know, it's just not worth it. The devil ever told you that? Amen, it's just not worth it. Well, from a physical perspective and tangibly speaking, uh, and if we look at things by by sight, amen, and according to the, the results of the flesh, you know, it's not worth it. But yet if we look at it by faith, then it is worth it, amen. Faith is a willingness to, uh, amen, to seek after God, even when God doesn't make sense. To obey God, to serve God, to live for Him, even when it seems crazy to do so. Uh, For he that cometh unto the Lord must believe that He is, how many of you believe God is? But that He is a rewarder of those who, what? diligently seek after him see that's the problem a lot of people want that instant return uh amen your way right away burger king amen god's way's not burger king's way amen the, the cliff notes or the easy button staples has the easy button just push it and there it is life doesn't work that way faith does not work that way people want to pursue god people want to follow god people want to uh, amen, to obey God as long as God rewards them immediately for the investment they ma- that they make. But God says, if I'm going to reward you, you got to diligently seek after me. you got to be persistent. You know, the, the problem is, and we said it tonight, Sarah said we need to uh, pray for churches, we need to pray for our church. The problem is the devil's more persistent than we are. Amen, he's more diligent in his efforts uh, to destroy God's people, then we are persistent in willing to being willing to diligently seek after God and follow and pursue the Lord. Uh, amen. We've got to uh, uh, we've got to meet the devil head on, and we've got to match his persistence. Amen. It's as if the devil's pulling one way and we're pulling the other way. And whoever's pulling the hardest is going to win. And I'm afraid that Satan is pulling harder on his end than the people of God are on their end. Amen. You won't, you'll quit. You'll, you'll get out of church if you're not willing to diligently seek after him. Amen. Say, preacher, why are people quitting the church? Why are people, you know, amen, hopping from one church to another? Because they, they, again, they're not willing to pursue God diligently and persistently. And the first time things, there's a bump in the road. And the first time, uh, amen, uh, uh, things happen that they don't understand and they can't explain why is this happening. And uh, Amen, I didn't think that it was supposed to be that. Hey, friend, can I remind you, we've not made it to heaven yet. Right? There's still battles to, to fight. There's still giants to face. There's still burdens to bear. There's still crosses to carry. The problem is nobody wants to carry their cross anymore praise the lord we got to be willing to diligently seek after the lord but again if you're going to live the victorious christian life and if you're going to uh triumph in your walk with jesus christ you're going to have to answer this question uh is it worth the investment and again jeremiah man what a question that was for jeremiah i mean you look at all that jeremiah had done for the lord and you think your road's hard, you ought to, you ain't seen nothing, brother. 
compared to what he had to deal with. And he was faithful, just like the Apostle Paul. He was faithful. But yet his faithfulness got him in trouble. You know, Paul said, I want to go to Asia. And God said, no, I'm sending you to Macedonia. Paul said, all right, well, what's in Macedonia? Prison. (laughs) Amen. He led Lydia and he led those people to the Lord in Macedonia. And as a result, he got put in jail for it. But yet while he was in jail, God God saved the jailer in his household. Right? Was it worth it for Paul? Well, I'm say there's times that he, he questioned that. Stoned, shipwrecked, beaten, ridiculed, forsaken, betrayed. But yet, when it was all said and done, he said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the fight. I've been faithful. Amen? Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Amen. Will you be faithful? Well, if we're going to be faithful, we've got to answer that question affirmatively that the, it is worth, the reward is worth the investment. Amen. All right, let's get to where we, where we left off last Wednesday night. Man, I've had a lot of notes for this chapter. And remember what's going on here is Jeremiah was in prison. The city was besieged, surrounded by the Babylonians. Nebuchadnezzar, it was just a matter of time, he was starving the people out uh, for their sin. They were suffering for their sin, but they were still blaming Jeremiah for their problems. They were still saying, you're a troublemaker, and they were punishing him because of the, the estate that they were in. They ought to looked in the mirror. Amen. It's not always the man of God's fault, can I get a witness tonight? Uh-oh. But about that time, the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, Hey, your uncle's coming, and he's going to try to uh, sell you a piece of property. Now, what did we call that? What did we say that was? In the, in the, uh, never mind. What's that? Too good to be true. Or you're just trying to get something off your hands. Amen. It ain't worth nothing, but you're trying to sell it. The bait and switch. That's what I was wanting you to. I know you know what that means. <laughs> bait and switch. Praise the Lord. And his uncle said, I'm going to, you know, he's coming. He's going to sell you this property. It's worthless. It's in the middle of the battlefield. Your money is precious. Jeremiah needed to hold on to what he had. But God said, buy that piece of land. You're making an investment, not... Um, A short-term investment. May I remind you tonight that the investment that we make in the things of God, the work of God, it's not a short-term investment. It's a long-term deal. Right? And uh, again, Jeremiah, you're not even going to see the reward in your lifetime. You know, you're going to die before you see the fruit. You're going to have to put forth the effort. You're going to have to to labor. You're going to have to toil believing that the reward that, you, that will be earned, won't, you'll never see it, but your heirs will. I mean, those who, and, and friend, I'm telling you tonight, we, I, myself right now, I am living off the investment that my forefathers made. Amen? 
the effort that my grandfather, the effort that Brother Barn, the effort that Dave Davis, the effort, uh, amen, of all, all of the, uh, the pioneers who blazed the trail and paved the way so that there could be a United Baptist Church, amen, so that we would know the truth in this world of confusion, yet there is a light that still shines in a world of darkness. Our church, amen, because our church has always been faithful to truth regardless. Not because of anything that I've done, but because of those who were willing to make the investment, not on their behalf, but, on, but believing that I'll receive a return. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to invest your life, although you may never see the reward? But those who you love, and those who you hold most dear will, Friend, I want to remind you tonight that the welfare of our children may very well depend on whether or not we're willing to continue to invest, not for ourselves, but for them. Amen? But that requires faith, doesn't it? This was an official transaction. It was publicly, it was the talk of town. I'm sure that Jeremiah was ridiculed, made fun of. We thought that he had gone crazy and that he had lost his marbles beforehand. Look at him now. He's taken everything he has left and invested in a piece of property that's not even going to belong to us in a short period of time. Yet he believed somewhere down the road that the investment was going to pay off. And I believe, I personally believe that it's not paid off yet, but. At the end of time, somebody in Jeremiah's family is going to reap the reward. <laughs> Amen? For, the, for, the, for the, the step of faith. Did you know sometimes faith looks foolish? <laughs> sometimes obeying God will cause you to be made fun of. Peter. Amen. At the time, I'm sure it looked to the other disciples that he was fit, foolish to be willing to get up and out of the boat and walk on water. And it made him look even more foolish when he started to sink because of it. But yet when it's all said and done, still today, Peter's the only one that had the faith that it took to get out of the boat. Friend, if God knows my heart, I'd rather sink being willing to step out by faith than I would to sit in the boat and miss out on what God has in store for my life. Amen. All right, let's get into the text tonight. Again, we saw verse 26 and 27, the question that was asked, is there anything too hard for me? That's a question you've got to ask. We've got to answer for ourselves in spite of the way things look, in spite of the condition of our world, society, our churches, our preachers, our pulpits, God forbid, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is it still, can God still take this mess that we're living in and make a miracle out of it? Can, can God take all of the, of the bad and the evil and still make good out of it? Is anything too hard for the Lord? In desolation, we saw verse 28 and 9, God said, this is the way it's going to be temporarily. He said, I'm going to give this city into the hand of the Chaldeans, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He shall take it. The Chaldeans that fight against this city shall come and set fire on this city. 
and burn it with houses. Well, for me, I'd be, well, there you go. I might as well hold on to my money because I'm going to need it here in a little while. I want to remind you, the Lord said to Isaiah, Whom shall I go? Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah responded, chapter number 6, Here am I, Lord, send me. Well, you better be careful what you say. <laughs> so what's going to happen? I'm going to be the most popular preacher that's ever lived. I'm going to benefit. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to make my life better to sign up to be a part of God's army. The Lord said, well, they ain't going to pay no attention to what you have to say. They're going to ignore you. They're going to blame you for their sin. Lord, how long have I got to do this? Until the city's laid waste, until there's nothing left. What I expect of you is to be found faithful. Friend, I want to remind you that our success as Christians is not determined by the results of our ministry. Man, you know, it's something hard for a preacher, a pastor, to, to, to say, well, my success is, it depends upon the, the number of people we see saved. Our success here is dependent upon, depends upon how many people come to the altar. Amen? Whether or not we're having a lit service and everybody's testifying and running the aisles and jumping, that's, that's success. But friend, if that's your idea in our day, you're not going to last very long. Our success depends on whether or not we have a full house. How, how well we are accepted. No, God said, will you be faithful? Amen? That doesn't mean God can't give results, but our success is not determined by the results. Our success is determined by our faithfulness. You help me preach tonight. Well, there's a provocation. See, there was nothing Jeremiah could do to change the Lord's mind. Judah's fate was sealed. The question is, would he be faithful? Would he be faithful when it's hard to be faithful? Would he be faithful when everybody else is unfaithful? Did you know that the unfaithfulness of others is no excuse for your unfaithfulness? Amen? Uh, the current climate in America is not an, ex an excuse for me to be unfaithful. When I stand before God one day and, and, and He exposes my life and reveals whether or not I was faithful or was unfaithful, and God forbid He'd say you were unfaithful, and then He asked me, why were you unfaithful? <laughs> well, because everybody else was unfaithful. Really? You're going to have the audacity to say that? Well, nobody else was faithful. Lord, it was just too hard for me to be faithful. Really? <laughs> it was a whole lot harder for him to be faithful to you than it is for you to be faithful to him. Can I say that again tonight? It was a whole lot... See, Jesus had more of a reason to be unfaithful to us than we have to be unfaithful to him. Amen? And may I remind you that even if you're unfaithful to him, he's still going to be faithful to you. It's what the Bible says. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Will we be faithful when it's hard to be faithful? 
There's no excuse for unfaithfulness. Provocation, verse 29 through 32, here's the reason why there was no hope for Judah temporarily in short term. Upon whose roofs they have offered incense unto Baal and poured out drink offerings unto other gods to provoke me to anger for the children of Israel and the children of Judah have only done evil before me from their youth. For the children of Israel have only provoked me to anger with the work of their hands, saith the Lord. For this city hath been to me as a provocation of mine anger and of my fury from the day that they build it even until this day, that I should remove it from before my face. Why? Because of all the evil of the children of Israel and of the children of Judah, which they have done to provoke me to anger. They, their kings, their princes, their priests, and their prophets, and the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The proof was in the pudding. The evidence was stacked against God's people. They had nobody to blame but themselves for provoking the Lord to anger. They had poked the bear, and the bear had woke up. Amen? Um... The people of God had plenty of evidence stacked against them that would cause God to be just in turning the city over to the Babylonians and allowing them to burn it with fire, which is exactly what would happen, what was happening. God had every reason to allow the city to be besieged and for His chosen people to literally starve to death at the hand of the Babylonians. But I thought he loved them. <laughs> what did we do to deserve that? Amen? Would you agree with me tonight that America has done plenty enough, more than enough to provoke the Lord to anger? You know, one thing that it's not wise to do is to tempt the Lord our God. And we've done that. Amen. It, it, it's almost as if we've, we're, we're playing a game of chicken with, with Jesus. Trying to see who flinches first. He ain't going to flinch, brother. Amen. We've, we, have, we have poked the bear. We have provoked the Lord our God to anger. And regardless of what the consequences of our nation's sin are, God will be just and righteous for allowing whatever happens to befall upon our land. Nobody has a reason to be angry with God. And I just can't get out of that on my head, the, the, the fellow this week that said, I'm mad at God. And he said it in a matter of fact. You know, was, have you ever been in a situation where somebody says something and it just kind of, <laughs> now let me hear that again. He's just matter of fact. And he had gone through some tough things. He had gone through some things that very possibly, I'm not judging the man. Who knows, maybe I would have been angry at God if I'd gone what he, through what he went through. But yet still, he had no legitimate reason to be angry with God. Just as I said earlier, God has more of a reason for he, to be angry with us than we have to be angry with him. Amen? But yet he's not. And we're going to see that at the end of the chapter. 
desertion. See, the people of God had no ammunition with which they could attempt to charge God. Do you know one thing you'll not do, whether it be in this life or in the life to come, when you stand, listen, people said, well, I'd like to have a minute with God. I'd give Him a piece of my mind. Well, bless God, you're going to get a chance one day. There's some things I'd like to tell Him. Well, you're going to get your wish. I'm afraid you might get to dry mouth when that time comes. But one thing will not happen. You won't charge him foolishly. Huh? God's going yeah, mean, to... And there probably will be some people who are presumptuous to be willing to accuse God when they stand before him. I don't know. I have a hard time fathoming that. But, but you know what? If God has to bring out the evidence and prove whether or not you can righteously or justly make accusations against him, man, he's got plenty of evidence to back up. Who's right and who's wrong? And you're going to lose, brother. And I will too. I don't care who you are. God's been better to you than he should have been. Yeah, man. Well, here's some more of that evidence. There's a desertion, verse 33. And they have turned unto me the back and not the face. Do you know that's... Would would you agree with me that that's as great of of an insult that a person could make against another person? For you to try to give them your attention and then just give you the cold shoulder and turn and walk away. Anybody know, anybody ever had that happen? <laughs> Amen. Somebody you see in the grocery store or down at Walmart, and maybe you knew they had a little bit of a beef with you, and you had the intention of trying to make things right. And I mean, I ain't got no, I, I ain't got no problem with you. I'm, I'm going to go up and be nice and be kind. And you walk up, hey, how are you doing today? And they look at you. There's no doubt about it. They, I mean, you, it couldn't have been any more clear. They know you're trying to talk to them, and they intentionally snub you and turn and walk the other way. Man, ain't nothing that'll rile me up any quicker than that. What an insult for us to turn our back towards another person. Amen? But you know what is the greatest insult of all is for people to be so presumptuous to turn their back and to literally snub the Lord. Give God the cold shoulder. I can't think of anything more foolish or stupid for a person to do than to give God the cold shoulder. The fact that God would even give you the time of day ought to cause you to come uh, sliding in at His feet and say, thank you, Jesus. The fact that God would want anything to do with any of us. The fact that God would do for America what He's done for America, but yet America, uh, long since, has been snubbing God. We turn our back on Him. We give God the cold shoulder. The Lord says, look at what I've done for you. Look at who I made you to be, all of the blessings that I've bestowed upon you. And we just turn our back on God. How do you think that makes God feel? makes him feel the same way he did when Israel did it. And I'm afraid the same thing that happened to God's chosen people is going to happen to us. Amen. You agree with the preacher tonight? They had forsaken the very one who had blessed them and be so good. Why would you be guilty of cutting off the hand that feeds you? (laughs) Huh? The one that takes care of you, the one who 
It is His responsibility to provide for you and to protect you. But you say, no, Lord, I don't need you and I don't want anything to do with you. All right, have it your way. See what happens. That's where we're at today. Instruction. Though I taught them, see, they turned their back on Him, verse 33, in spite of the fact that I had taught them, rising up early and teaching them. And I, I think the emphasis and the thrust of this statement is that God had made a special effort. He had went out of His way. He had been overboard to be good to Israel. He had every excuse in the book not to be good to them, but yet He was still good to them. Again, my question is, why hasn't God already unleashed wrath and judgment upon us? Because He don't want to. He wants to go the extra mile. He wants to do everything within His possibility. Why? Because God is not naturally bent towards, He is not inclined to be evil. To, to, I mean, He is not naturally a God of wrath and judgment. He's naturally a God, of goodness, a God of goodness, mercy, and grace. Rejection. Yet they have not hearkened to receive instruction. They had simply chosen not to listen to the Lord's Word, and they instead chose to reject His will. When you reject God, you are in danger of being rejected by God. It's an abomination. I mean, Jeremiah's just preventing the, presenting the evidence. But they also, or but they set their abominations in the house. They had defiled God's house. I remind you tonight that God pays attention to the way we treat His house. You know, that's one thing that we've done in our day is we have diminished, we've devalued the house of God. To where the house of God doesn't even matter anymore. Now, I get it. It's a building. Amen? But it still represents something. This building represents, it is a representation of God's dwelling place. And I believe, you know what Paul, he said, that we may know uh, how we ought to behave in God's house. Amen? God's house is, is, has, been a, a, has become a place of irreverence. It's amazing at some of the some of the the vileness that goes on within the confines of a place that is supposed to represent the presence of God. You don't think that God pays attention to that? Amen. When we allow what God calls an abomination to go on in his house, when we put a rainbow flag, hey, no, we can't put an American flag. God forbid we do that. But it's all right to put a rainbow flag. Huh? You tell me I'm not telling the truth tonight. Abomination in the house. How many would you say there's abomination in the house tonight? Which is called by my name to defile it. They built the high places of Baal, which are in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire unto Molech, which I commended them not, neither came it into my mind, that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. They had committed the ultimate abomination by sacrificing their own children unto the false idols. We've studied that, Moloch. 
Amen. What that's all about. And America's guilty of the same thing. And I'm just going to say it. I'm a Trump fan. I, I voted for him the first time, and I ain't ashamed of it. But yet, from what I hear, he's trying to back up on his stance regarding abortion, hoping that it'll get him more votes. Amen. He needs to take a stand for what's right. Saying, well, that two-week ban, or what is two-month, y'all, I don't even know, but wh whatever the, the term is, that that's too strict. And that's not reasonable. Friend, we need to ban it all together. i got a friend of mine that's a pastor in Louisiana, and he's made some enemies within the, the state legislature because he pushed to ban abortion altogether and totally within the state. Amen. And they don't like him. They called him a liar. Amen. You know, it ought to make, it ought to mean more to us what God thinks than what man says. That's right. Admonition. Verse 36, And now therefore thus saith the Lord the God of Israel concerning this city whereof you say, It shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. This is the second time in the chapter that Jeremiah mentions this threefold form of judgment that's going to befall upon God's people. The sword, which is warfare. Famine, which is a food shortage. And pestilence, which is a plague or a pandemic. Need I say more? God had called his shot and he had told his people just exactly what he was going to do, but they still refused to repent. Collection, verse 37, Behold, I'll gather them out of all countries whither I have driven them in mine anger and in my fury and in great wrath, and I will bring them again unto this place and I will cause them to dwell safely. Now, Jeremiah, short term, your investment's not worth it because here's what I'm going to do. And it's going to look like you purchasing this field from your uncle with the pretty much what amounted to the last dollar you had during a time where people were starving to death because the city was being besieged. Looks like the most foolish thing I could ever do or you could ever do short term. But let's talk about the benefits of the long term. And can I just say this evening, church, that although short-term, the horizon looks dark for America. Short-term, the, uh, the outlook looks dark for the church of the living God. Amen? For our young, for our children. But may I say to you that Long term, I'll tell you where you need to invest in, the same place you should have always invested in, and that's the things of God, the work of God. Amen, because God's greater than our circumstances. And once again, the question is, is anything too hard for the Lord? And because of who God is, because of His infinite power, of His infinite knowledge, and His ability to do all things... Real, he really is the only investment worth making. Amen? Because although short-term, things aren't looking too good for us. Long-term, our future's brighter than it ever has been.
Amen. Said, Lord, Jeremiah, in spite of all this, I'm going to regather my people. There's going to be a regathering. There's going to be a recollecting and a salvaging of that which had been scattered and was in the process of being driven away. There's a union, verse 38, and they shall be my people and I will be their God. Notice the certainty of the statements that are made throughout the next six verses. It's shall, it's will, it's Jeremiah. In spite of it all, here's what's going to happen and there's nothing that can change it because of who I am and what I can do. The Lord would reunite and reconnect he would reunite and reestablish the connection he had with Israel by making a new covenant with them. As bad off as things were in Israel, Israel was still salvageable. Could I say to you tonight that as bad as things are in America, America is still salvageable. As bad as things may look for the church, from where we sit tonight, Jesus has already given the final word and He said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. See, that's why the church is still a worthwhile investment. If there's anything that makes me sick at my stomach, it's to hear people and even preachers throwing off against the church. Instead of talking bad about the church, why don't you encourage and edify the church? Instead of beating God's men down, why don't you build God's men up? Because I promise you they need it. Amen? Instead of complaining about how bad the church is, why don't you roll out up your sleeves, get busy, and do something about it? That's good preaching. Amen. Disposition, I'll give them one heart. Their heart would be holy concentrated and fixed on him and he would be he would he would unify that which had been divided have you ever seen a more divided culture than the one we live in you know what's divided is sin sin will divide and friend we cannot <laughs> seeing in what we want to do then we want to we want to unify and we want to unite at the expense of holiness and righteousness. That's a bad idea. Amen? I'd rather remain separate for the cause of truth than I would unite at the expense of truth. But God's able to unite that which has been divided. Amen. I'll give them one heart, and then I'll give them one way. Verse number 39. If Israel was ever going to come back to God, they would have to come His way. I want to remind you that the, the only way back to God is to come back the way you went. There are no detours. There are no alternative routes. You know how that when you GPS something, usually it'll give you two or three different ways to get there. Anybody experienced that? There's only one way to the Lord, and His name's Jesus. But there's only one way to revival, and that's to go back from whence we've fallen. I have somewhat against thee, the Lord told the church at Ephesus. Why? Because thou hast 
left thy first love. God said, I'm not the one that left. I'm still where I, I was at before you ever left me. So what we got to do, we got to remember where we've fallen. We've got to return. We've got to repeat. We've got to repent. Amen. One way, intention that they may fear me forever. But here's, here, this is the most prominent statement of the rest of the chapter, and that is, what is it? For the good of them. Isn't that great? And of their children after them. In spite of their unfaithfulness, in spite of their wickedness, in spite of their rebellion, in spite of the fact that they had insulted God by uh, giving Him the cold shoulder, committed abomination in His very house, yet His desire was still not for their evil, but for their good. God would do good and right by His own people. A resolution, verse 40, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good. You see the emphasis upon God's desire to still be good? Can I ask you this? Why would God even have a desire to be good to America? Huh? I believe He still has a desire to, to do good by us. Why would God do good by Nick Bailey? Yet I still believe He has a, a, a desire to do good by me. There was nothing, a, amen, to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. There was nothing that could thwart the new covenant God would eventually make with His chosen people, a covenant which still to this day has not been fulfilled with the nation of Israel. But one day it will. There's an inclination. Here it is again, verse 41, that same phrase. Yea, I will rejoice over them to what? Do them good. God's desire always has been and always will be to do good and right by His people. Let me ask you parents. Your, your children ever made you mad? <laughs> yeah. I got evidence. <laughs> but you know what? No matter what I've ever done to hurt my parents, their desire still to this day is, to, is for my good. And the Lord's the same way completion and I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul Israel would one day reinherit the land they had lost and Israel in the land God had allowed to be taken away from them because of their sin you know sometimes we lose the things amen we lose the the in other words we do not receive the full reward but we Lose those things we've worked so hard to rot, to, to rot by Him. But God's able to restore that and give it back to you. Transformation, verse 42. For thus saith the Lord, like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, so will I bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. The goodness and the blessing would be as stark, as sudden, as shocking, as immediate, and as undeniable as the captivity itself had been. Do you know, I believe a lot of the things that we're seeing, and again, people wanted to crucify me for saying it during COVID, but I believe, I believe COVID was a form of God's judgment. And I believe there's future judgments that are, that's going to make COVID look like a cakewalk. But as 
as quickly as God brought COVID on the scene. And you think about the change that occurred. You know, God can just as quickly reverse things for the good. Amen? Isn't that great? Desolation, and here it is, verse 43, And fields shall be bought in the land, whereof you say it is desolate without man or beast. It is given into the hands of the Chaldeans. Fields. Jeremiah, why are you buying this person? this piece of property you make the purpose you give your very last dime and Nebuchadnezzar is getting ready to take it away from you and there's nothing you can do about it. why would you do that Jeremiah why because one day fields will be bought in the land transaction verse 44 men shall buy fields for money and subscribe evidences and seal them and take witnesses in the land of Benjamin and in the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, and the cities of the mountain, and the cities of the valley, and in the cities of the south. One of these days, Jeremiah, you're not going to see it. It won't happen in your lifetime. But there's going to be a real estate boom in the promised land. And your investment's going to pay off. And I just believe, and this is, this is Nick Bailey, but I believe there's a bottle or there's a, there's a clay pot hidden in a cave somewhere. One of these days, somebody's going to find it. And I believe it's going to be found that that, the document that's sealed and notarized within that piece of pottery or whatever it is, I know y'all think I'm crazy, but I I just believe this. They're going to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was a document of Jeremiah, chapter number 32. And I believe somebody in Jeremiah's family and somebody in his lineage is going to profit off that. And that, that, that piece of property that he purchased is going to be given to one of his heirs. You say, preacher, that's, that's crazy. Well, I believe I don't think there's anything too hard for the Lord. I believe God's going to do what He said He is going to do. Amen. Tran- uh, that's the transaction. His investment would pay off and his future lineage and heritage would reap the earnings and the dividends of the seed of faith he had sown, not for himself but on behalf of his offspring, Here's the intervention, and here's the closing statement of the chapter. The Lord said, For I will cause their captivity to return, saith the Lord. When it was all said and done, no one will be able to take the credit for the work but God Himself. Hmm. So, preacher, what is he talking about? It's the same thing as the budding of the fig tree. A nation born in a day, a regathering, a restoration. God still has a covenant that He made, an unconditional covenant and promise that He made with His chosen people, not the church spiritualized, but with the nation of Israel. Paul said at Romans chapter 11, Shall God, or hath God cast away His people Israel? God forbid. There's still an outstanding debt, and God's going to pay it in full. So if you're looking for... An investment to make, maybe you need to find you a parcel of property just outside Jerusalem because one of these days there's going to be a real estate boom. Let me leave you with this tonight. Preacher, you, I had to get through this chapter. I could not stand the thought of another week in Jeremiah. Let me leave you with this. Growing up, and I was so blessed and privileged for it be my granddad, especially my granddad for the barn, but my granddad loved prophecy. And so many of the things that he would talk to us about back then are coming to pass just as the digital currency, amen, uh, globalism, 
Things I heard all my life growing up, but now here it is, right before our eyes. But you know, one thing that my granddad always talked about, or I guess it was him or some of the people that he introduced me to that I studied after, was he said, you know, one of these days, there's going to be a discovery. There's going to be something that happens in Israel. In other words, there's going to, you know, whether it be, you know, maybe uh, the value of, of, um, of um, some kind of natural product, um, farming. Some people speculated it might be oil that will be discovered in the Middle East that would be become very valuable because of a shortage of that product. And that would be kind of the hook, all right? Is that, am I telling the truth? Ezekiel 37, 38, the hook that God would use to drag the bear down from the north? What would that hook be? Well, it's some kind of, that's just some kind of natural commodity that becomes very valuable because of the circumstances, the current climate of the world. And most people thought it was oil, and it may be. But what, as far as energy is concerned, what is the one commodity worldwide recently, especially as a result of the war in Ukraine and Russia that has become so valuable? Here recently, natural gas. Well, do you know what has made the news recently that has been discovered in the Mediterranean Sea that Israel is planning right this current moment to harvest a big, uh, one, of the, one of the greatest discoveries of natural gas this world has ever seen? And Israel has claim on it. <laughs> Anybody heard this? It's true. This is true. Could that be? Could that be the, the button that is used to cause Russia to say, well, you know, what's going on in Ukraine is great, but our real target's Israel. And it's going to unleash the events and put set in motion the battle of Ezekiel 37 and 38 Gog and Magog which, which will set the stage for the, re, the appearance of the Antichrist the rapture of the church and, and ultimately the tribulation itself well short term the future's bleak but long term it's brighter for God's people than it ever has been let's all stand tonight Father I know I've been long tonight but Lord, we need to be encouraged. Lord, we need to be encouraged. Follow the pattern that you set before us in your word re in regards to your chosen people, Israel. And Lord, if that's how you, you, did, you treated them, that's how you're going to treat us. Lord, negatively, but positively as well. If there was still hope for Israel, there's still hopeful, hope for America. If there was still hope for Israel, maybe not short term, but long term, then there's still hope for the church of the living God. Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. You can change things very quickly. One thing about it, you're going to do what you said you'd do. 
And Lord, I pray that we would determine for ourselves that serving Jesus and living for God is truly worth the investment. In Jesus' name we pray, all God's people said.